What up, people? It is Monday, June 27th. My name is B. Hill, and this is the Just My Opinion podcast. So let's talk. Um, since the last podcast, it's been another week and another stain for the United States. Um, it never ceases to amaze me that every week there is some major breaking news going on. And uh, this week is no different. So, by now everyone knows about the Supreme Court ruling um, about Roe versus Wade, which it was expected. Uh, I think the the brief was leaked about a month or so ago that this is where uh, we were headed. So it's not a surprise that it happened. Um, but it was made official, I think, on Friday, Thursday or Friday of last week, where they uh, are sending that ruling back to the states and allow the states to make their own decisions uh, whether abortion would be legal or not within that state. And, of course, the Republican states are going to do their best to ban all abortions with, um, with no... Uh, consideration for rape, incest, things of that nature. Uh, And again, we knew it was coming. It's just somewhat disappointing in my standpoint. Um, What has always bothered me about this decision is the fact that there are a lot of men making these laws about women's bodies. Uh, Although there are some women on the Supreme Court that agreed with this uh, ultimately it's mostly men making these laws about women's bodies but yet they're leaving the men uh, out of the equation so they aren't making laws that affect men they aren't making men give vasectomies if they rape someone or impregnate someone without their will Uh, it's just it's a very sad day uh, in America and I just have no idea of where we're going. Well, I do know where we're going as a country, and that's it's not in a good place. Um, it's almost back, like we're going back to the 50s. I wasn't born until 74, but based on history and what the Republican agenda is, um, it's definitely trying to put us back in the 40s and 50s. So Roe versus Wade is pretty much overturned. And what's bothering me is that they continue to make laws based on the Bible and their feelings about what the Bible says. I'll repeat this again. I am a Christian. I believe in God. I believe in Jesus Christ. But I do not believe or support making laws based on biblical principles because not everybody believes in God. There are some people that don't believe in anything. And per the Constitution, we have freedom of religion, and that's it. So making any laws based on your religious beliefs is just not appropriate. And I'm annoyed because I continue to see all of these so-called Christians, especially evangelical Christians, that uh, constantly talk about the Constitution, but yet overlook the separation of church and state 
and overlook the fact that, to my knowledge, the word God is not in the Constitution at all. But they continue to use that as uh, the backbone of their arguments when it comes to things like abortion. So, it's just not a good day. Um, So now you want people, females, to carry these unwanted kids to term and they end up in the system, foster care, something like that. And yet we have thousands of kids in foster care now that nobody's taking care of. So you just want to add to that equation, which is just ridiculous. Uh, You know, I heard a few good analogies. Uh, And again, let me just say, of course, all of this is just my opinion. I just give my opinion. Uh, But someone said that, uh, why is it your birthday considered the day you're conceived? Why is your birthday considered the day you're actually born and not the day you're conceived? That's an interesting thought. It's because the day you're conceived, you're not a baby. Secondly, if people want to consider um, a just fertilized embryo a baby, why can't you claim that on your taxes? Because the government does not deem that as a person. So, oh, I'm sorry, I just heard somebody at my door. But, um, so it just, it doesn't make sense that you know, Republicans especially, therefore, small government, and they continue to talk about government overreach, but yet, this is not government overreach. It's not government overreach when it's something that they support. And now, Clarence Thomas released a few other things that he wants the Supreme Court to take up next. Um, I heard someone say something about loving versus, I think, Virginia which is about interracial marriage, which he's in an interracial marriage. Uh, They want to look at same-sex marriage, making that illegal again. Uh, I heard Brown versus the Board of Education, which was about desegregation of schools. So they want to revisit that. So this is why I say it looks like we're going back to the 40s and 50s. None of this just makes any sense to me. It's, there is a segment of population that are so threatened of becoming the minority that they are pulling out all the stops. And I blame Democrats for all of this because when Democrats control the House, the Senate, and the presidency, they don't get anything done of significance. I mean, Obama did get uh, the Affordable Care Act passed, but it was hell trying to do it. And Biden has done nothing. And I blame Democrats because they do not push their agenda hard enough. They're too busy trying to play friends and get these bipartisan things done. And the majority of Americans like democratic policies and what's being proposed. And my opinion is they need to kill the filibuster 
push through their agenda, even if by executive order, and watch Republicans take it away. Because the majority of Americans poll agree with a lot of Democratic principles and what they want to do. But yet, Biden is trying to play nice and try to get a bipartisan bill to work with people who've already said they're not going to work with them. Yeah, they did get a small form of gun reform passed, but it's not enough and it doesn't go far enough. And I'm tired of these small incremental wins. We need big victories that are going to make a difference overall. You have people like Joe Manchin that just came out and said he would not support Biden's uh, plan for the gas tax to relieve people of the gas prices that they're paying. It's just, I'm sick of politics, period, but I'm sick of weak, well, old, weak Democrats. We need more progressives in uh, positions of power that are actually going to fight and do what needs to be done. And I don't mean cheat, but if Mitch McConnell can find ways to carve out exceptions um, I think he carved out something the supermajority. That's how they got some of their Supreme Court picks through. But he figured out a way to carve out an exception for the Republicans to get what they want. Democrats need to do the same thing, but they are very, very weak. Um, so we're kind of at a point of no return. And it's so much other stuff is going on. The Supreme Court actually took up another case Uh, about Miranda rights and Miranda rights are when you're under arrest the cop asks you or tells you you have a right to remain silent anything you say can and will be used against you in the court of law etc well the Supreme Court ruled that if a police officer does not read you your Miranda rights and you talk and they get information that's used to convict you you cannot sue them so they don't even have to read you your rights anymore. Which is stupid. Um, so it just seems like some of the things that they are legislation that they are passing or looking at um, is going to be bad for minorities going forward if nothing is done So, And I hate to think about what will happen in November, but... We, I've never seen anything like this in my life. Um, also, there was a Republican, and I didn't even get her name, in Georgia that was running against Brian Kemp for governor. And Brian Kemp, I think, got 76% of the vote. This lady got 3% of the vote. But she refuses to concede because she thinks the election is rigged. So now, the previous dude in the White House has sparked and bred these idiots who think whenever they don't win something or get their way, it's automatically, uh, it's rigged against them. So now you're going to have so many contests that are contested over nonsense. This chick got 3% of the vote and the winner got 70 plus percent and she thinks that's rigged but this fool has legitimized this nonsense 
Um, and that's kind of where we are at this point. Until we get all of these people out of office, it's going to get more extreme every election. I've been somewhat keeping up with the January 6th hearings, and every hearing is more baffling than the one before. Um, The things that are coming out that they have proof of is just astounding, and these people have to face some consequences, because if they don't, we might as well move somewhere else, because it's going to be hard to live here. That's why I had a friend move to Mexico. Uh, It's just getting out of hand if these people are not held into account uh, for the things that they did. But last week's, I think it was Thursday, uh, they revealed a lot of names of people in Congress who requested pardons from the Trump administration. And why would you request a pardon if you hadn't done anything wrong? And Matt Gates actually asked for a blanket pardon. So that means for any crime that he's found that have committed, he wanted a pardon for it. And uh, one of the interesting things is Mo Brooks, who's a congressman, I think out of Alabama, um, Trump did endorse him initially in his primary runoff, but during his campaign in the primaries a few months ago, he told the crowd that he thinks they need to move on from the 2020 election. Well, Trump didn't like that and uh, withdrew his support and supported his uh, the person running against him, who was pretty much a no-name, and she ended up beating him because of Trump's endorsement. And now, Mo Brooks is like, I want to testify in front of the January 6th committee, tell everything I know, and he actually sent uh forwarded an email to CBS News um, that he said originally sent to the Trump administration requesting the pardon and some of the people that he requested pardons on behalf. So he's almost like a scorned girlfriend, ex-girlfriend that's, now that they're broke up, he wants to tell everything. So that should be interesting once he testifies. Uh, Here in Texas, the Uvalde Police Department, that situation gets even more ridiculous by the day. Uh, Evidence came out that the police officers were in the school with uh, ballistic um, shields, long rifles at the door. The door was unlocked for over 40 minutes before they entered. Now, originally, the police were saying that they were waiting for the shields and the long guns to get there before they entered. But now there's video evidence that they had that on site within 10 minutes after it happened. And yet, they didn't do anything. So, you have the ballistic shields. I think there were two ballistic shields, um, several long guns, assault rifles to combat this murderer and they listened as this murderer slaughtered innocent kids and teachers and they waited over 40 plus minutes before they entered so just think about how many lives could have been saved if they just did their job that's what they're paid and trained to do Um, 
and then as you continue to hear the stuff that is being released think about Greg Abbott saying that well it could have been worse and now we're finding out it could have been a lot better too which we kind of knew that in the first place but um, this is one of the worst things I've seen uh, the entire police department from the chief on down needs to be fired and prosecuted uh, for dereliction of duty I just think it could have been you couldn't have prevented all the murders but then there was another story that came out a couple of weeks ago where a police officer saw the murderer going into the school and had an opportunity to uh, at least shoot him or shoot at him before he got into school but chose not to so it's just the more stuff that comes out about this Uvalde shooting and the uh, police department the worse it gets uh, I think they're going to have significant lawsuits on their hands and hopefully they'll pay for what they did um, then we celebrated Juneteenth last year uh, last week I'm sorry and I think this was the second year it's been an official federal holiday and boy did the racism come out for that um, a lady that works at a small mom and pop insurance company I guess she's known for posting what she deems as funny signs uh, on their doors when they're closed for a holiday a federal holiday so she put up a sign that said Juneteenth whatever we're closed enjoy your fried chicken and collard greens and of course she's not black she doesn't have any melanin and once it got out it started being uh, shared on um, different social media platforms she went on TV cried and said she's sorry because it ended up being her mom's insurance company that she worked at and she was more apologetic to her mom for affecting her business than the people that she offended because I didn't see where she actually apologized to the people that she offended she just said she wasn't racist and then yesterday another video of a lady was released where she was saying that um, she had went to the beach if I'm not mistaken and uh, I think she was in Mexico and they went to the beach and she was saying how she smells like a Mexican now she can't get rid of and she constantly smells like tacos and of course that video got out and here she is crying I'm not a racist blah 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 it is you know what you're doing you just mad you got caught um, it's just for people that don't really understand this that the constant barrage uh, of microaggressions that minorities get on a daily basis and a lot of it like that's caught on camera and things like that it's almost like you have to record your interactions with people because they just don't get it um, and this is for everything like there's this guy KB Lane He's a black guy. I think he's from Africa. 
I think. Um, but he is now the most followed person on TikTok. And he uh, took that from a young Caucasian girl named Charlie D'Amelio. He took that uh, crown from her. But the New York Post, <laughs> the New York Post headline uh, of that particular story said, laid off factory worker unseats TikTok star Charlie D'Amelio. They didn't even use his name in the title. They referred to him as a laid off factory worker. That's a racial microaggression. It's just like when, you know, a black person, especially a teenager, uh, gets in trouble with the law. They find the worst picture of him, usually a mugshot that they can, to describe him. But yet, a young white person, they'll find a picture of him smiling and with a dog or something like that and try to change the narrative. And that's the media's fault too. Um, so there's just so many microaggressions that we have to face as a race on a daily basis that people just don't understand. And when you bring it up, they always say you're overreacting or you're the angry black person. And it's, it's frustrating and it's tiring to have to try to defend it. Um, it says it's very frustrating because year after year, day after day, we all, I'm sure, deal with these microaggressions. I know I have. Uh, just from being in stores and you did a lot of microaggressions from the police too. And I've had my interaction with the police that wasn't pleasant. I didn't do anything wrong, but I was stopped and ID'd for no reason. Um, and just the whole interaction that they have with a minority compared to somebody who's not a minority. It's just their whole interaction is different. It's always like we're deemed as a threat. Their tone with us, and this does not apply to all police officers. Let me clear that up. But a good portion of them have that bias. Um, and then I do watch a lot of TikTok videos. Um, sometimes it's entertaining. Sometimes you come across things that are just ridiculous. And this is under the things I find ridiculous. Those are the young lady uh, who gave her list of expectations. She's single, black girl. Gave her expectations of her future husband. Um, her future husband, she expects him to pay the mortgage, all of the utilities, do the cooking, wash the dishes, do most of the laundry, take out the trash, do all of the yard work, most of the housework, uh, maintain their vehicles, take her on a date night at least twice a month, and pay for an annual honeymoon. But yet, she did not list one thing that she would do. So, and I've met a couple other females that have a similar mentality. Uh, one of my best friends in the world, she's like a sister to me. We disagree on uh, dating roles all the time. And one specific conversation we had is that she requires her boyfriend or significant other to always make sure her gas tank 
is full. So I asked her a question. If you're on your way home from work and your gas tank is on E, would you go home and expect him to go back out to put gas in your car? She said yes. And I told her she was a dumbass. Because there's no way you can pass 10 gas stations on your way home and not fill up your car and expect him to go back out and put gas in your car. It's, maybe some men will do that. Kudos to you if you do that. That ain't me, though. Uh, that's not me. I think I am a good boyfriend. Definitely have my flaws, but overall, I think I've been a good boyfriend to my exes, and I think they would tell you the same thing, too. I have no doubt that they would tell you that, that I was a good boyfriend. But um, something like that, no. I definitely believe in the man, I would say I believe in like a 60-40 split with the man doing 60% of the stuff. Like, and I say that because I know how to cook. I know how to clean. So I don't need anybody to do that for me. Uh, most of the times with the past couple of people I've dated fairly long term, I cook better than they do. I cook more than they do. And especially with my most recent ex, um, I cook 90% more than she does. So that kind of stuff doesn't faze me. I think it should be um, fairly equal. I'm not going to take care of another adult. So if she can find somebody that will do that, more power to her, um, I'm happy for you. And then there was a tragic story on TikTok that I saw the other day. Um, there's this TikToker. She's known as Mama Tot. One of the sweetest people in the world. I've followed her for probably a year or so. Always has nothing but positive things to say. She's very accepting. And she's one of the... Just somebody that you like to listen to because when you're having a bad day, she always has an encouraging word. But um, she posted something, I think on Friday, that her 18-year-old son was murdered the day before his 19th birthday. And I want to say Friday was his birthday. He got murdered Thursday night. He was shot and killed. And um, it was heartbreaking because, like I said, she's such a positive upbeat, accepting person, and to see the pain that she's going through, I don't think any parent should experience that. Uh, I've always heard that, you know, parents should not be burying their kids, and, you know, I think about my brother passing away 10 years ago, and as a matter of fact, uh, I think it was on Friday, was the 10th anniversary of my brother passing away, and that was a pretty devastating thing to go through. Uh, I lived in Houston at the time, where my brother lives, and I have a sister in Houston too. And I will never forget uh, getting a call at three o'clock in the morning from my brother-in-law saying, there's no easy way to say this, but Cedric died. It was one of the most random things in the world. And I remember going to the hospital where he was. And when I pulled up, 
I mean, it's like four in the morning, pitch black outside. I pull up, my sister's in the parking lot by herself, just bawling, screaming, crying. Um, that's a day I'll never forget. And it could have, you know, I'm the type of person that accepts things for what they are. Uh, my brother passed away, can't bring him back. I have to move on with my life. I miss him every day. I love him. Um, but when I left the hospital, I got back to my apartment complex, pulled into the parking lot. By this time, it's about 5 o'clock, still dark, though. And I turned the corner. There's a person laying in the middle of the road, and I almost ran him over. Fortunately, I saw him at the last minute and was able to swerve around him. But... The thought of my brother dying and then me almost running somebody over and possibly killing him, um, that would have devastated me. And like I said, I thank God that I was able to see this dude uh, and go around him before I actually hit him. But he was drunk and just laid in the middle of the street and went to sleep. So ended up calling the police ambulance came to check him out but he was just drunk and that just could have been a really really uh, bad incident on top of what was already a bad incident with my brother dying so uh, sending prayers to Mama Top because she's just such a sweet lady um, from what I can tell on TikTok uh, no parent should ever have to bury their child especially from something like that him being murdered. Uh, my brother had a heart attack at a young age. Um, you know, stuff happens. But on another note, um, I am looking for a new sofa. And a few months ago, my dad came to me and he was like, he just said he wanted to buy me a new sofa for my birthday. And he said, pick whatever you want. Um, that's what I want to get you for your birthday. So just let me know. You can get it today. If you find one tomorrow, you can get it before your birthday. But just get whatever you want. My birthday is in August, so not that I was putting it off, but it's a chore having to look. I've been looking online, found a few things, but um, so he's been asking me about it periodically if I found anything. So this past weekend, I went to look personally. And one thing that annoys me about dealing with salespeople is you can't make me spend my money. So I went to Ashley Furniture because I had I was online and saw a few sofas that I wanted to look at there. So I get to Ashley Furniture. Uh, dude introduced himself, asked me what I'm looking for. I told him. He told me the area to look in. I go test some out, and I call them over and ask if uh, they would have any kind of 4th of July sale or anything like that, since that's next week. And he said, oh, we have a sale going on now where you can get up to 20% off. I said, well, what determines if it's 1% or 20%? Couldn't give me a straight answer on that. So I asked him for a price on the sofa that I saw. 
He gave me the price for delivery and everything. And then I asked, is this price only good for today? And he said, yes. And my response was, is this the last day of your sale? He said, no. Well, why is this price only good for today? That doesn't make sense to me. And then I told him that I wasn't purchasing anything that day, which was this past Saturday. I said, I'm not buying anything today. Um, I want to go over to another store across the street and, you know, see what they have. And he said, why do you want to go over there? That turned me off. I said, because they sell furniture too. And wouldn't it be beneficial for me to do my due diligence um, and not just buy the first thing I see? His response was, well, they just sell our furniture anyway. They get our old inventory and resell it. I said, so you mean to tell me that their entire inventory comes from this company, from Ashley Furniture? He said, no, but about 30% does. I said, well, what about the other 70%? I said, what if they sell that 30% cheaper than you do here? Wouldn't it make sense for me to go check? He couldn't answer that. So that whole experience was just a turn off because I just, you cannot pressure me into spending that kind of money. That's just the bottom line. And then when you use the used car dealer sales tactics about, you know, it's only good for today kind of thing, that doesn't bode well with me. So I ended up leaving, went over to the other store, found exactly what I wanted. Sales dude was cool. I asked him, you know, if they had a 4th of July sale going on. He said, yeah, but they still might lower the price, so wait a couple of days and uh, give me a call. He gave me his card, and he said, we'll work it out. And no pre- high-pressure sales pitches, no nothing. He answered my questions, left me alone, and let me look. That's exactly why I'm going to get my sofa from there. I'm going to call him on Thursday to see if the price has changed. So... As it gets closer to the 4th of July, if it hasn't, that's what I'm going with. So I'm looking forward to to getting a new sofa and just doing something a little different. Um, The verbal middle finger for this week goes to Rhode Island police officer and Republican candidate for Senate, Gene Lugo. Gene Lugo showed up at a counter-protest that his Democrat, Democratic opponent was having uh, about the Roe vs. Wade thing. He showed up and ended up punching her in the face three times. Uh, I don't know what led up to it, but this man punched this black lady in the face three times. And because he's a police officer, the police were there at the protest, he was allowed to leave and go home. And he was allowed to turn himself in the next day. And uh, he was released on his own recognizance. Uh, Talk about privilege, but the fact that you would sit there and punch this lady in the face, uh, you deserve more than a middle finger. Uh, Charges were filed, so hopefully he'll be prosecuted. But I have very little uh, hope well, I have very little, uh, I can't even think of the word. I don't think anything's going to happen to him. I'll leave it at that. And the quote for this week is very simple. Uh, simple rule in life, 
if you wouldn't like it done to you, don't do it to others. Simple as that. And with everything that's going on, with all these laws being passed and all of that stuff, I think it would behoove everyone to live by that motto as well. So that's it for today. Um, hopefully it's going to get better, but kind of have my doubts at this moment. Anyway, that's it. God bless. Thank you for listening. Peace. Thank you.